Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to HBC Prayer List 2020 at gmail.com. This morning, we're missing Regan and Sandy. We think they're going to be leaving tomorrow. Tomorrow. They're still in Panama. I thought maybe they might sneak in this morning, but I don't see them over there. Do y'all see them over there? <laughs> so they sold the car. All right, uh, so we need to work hard to be able to replace two individuals there. And Steve and Diane have gone back to the United States. We used to have their names on chairs back there. They're gone. And uh, so uh, help us continue to fill the building. I notice Bob has moved from the back row. How about that? <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to ask Freddie if he would to come, and, and we're going to have our opening prayer. Uh, announcements, I don't know of any that need to be made this morning. We uh, uh, just remember our services always, and, and our Wednesday evening podcast. Uh, we call that a service. We're not gathered together here, but we're gathered together in our homes, aren't we? And uh, so we're still having church it's just separated. So one of these days we'll be able to have our Wednesday evening services here. Hopefully. But until then, we'll continue to have our podcast. And uh, I think all of you got the uh, announcement that our registration is complete. We're so thankful about that. We don't have it in hand yet because she's got to do the paperwork. She said it'd take her maybe a month to to get everything filed and, and uh, recorded in the uh, vid. But anyway, uh, we're registered. We're, we're legal. We're a church in the eyes of, of the government. We've been a church for a long time now, haven't we? But the government is recognizing us as a church right now. All right, Freddie. Dear Lord God, I just pray and thank You, dear Heavenly Father, that we do have a church to go to. I pray that you be with Regan and Sandy as they're going back home. I pray that you be with the people that are not here today, dear Lord God. The ones that are sick or the ones that had to do something else. I just pray that you bring them back. I pray, dear Lord God, that you give us the ability to find people to bring the church, to raise our membership in our church. I pray, dear Lord God, that Whatever we do here, I pray we do it in your name and nobody else's name but yours. I pray and thank you again, dear Lord God, for the pastor and Frank and Penny and Wanda that do so much here, dear Lord God. I pray for them. I pray and thank you, dear Lord God, and ask all these things, Heavenly Father, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Our first song is, Lord, I lift your name on high. So let's all stand together and sing. 
Amen. Lord, I need you. If you'd like to stand, you may. Lord, I come. I confess. Bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you. We've traveled all the way down to Laodicea. We'll look at that more in just a moment and see what I mean. But <clears throat> what if I told you this morning, I've got some drinks for you here. But before I give you the drinks, what if I told you the cans haven't been in the refrigerator. In fact, they've been sitting in a bucket of warm water all morning. 
And the coffee, well, I brought it from home as we came this morning. And all of it's lukewarm. Now how many of you would want the drinks? Not very many of us, right? Lukewarm drinks are not very appetizing. Not very appealing. Well, that's how Jesus looked at the faith of this church. The people in this church. Laodicea. It's described as so unpalatable that the Lord was going to spew them out of His mouth. Now I had a picture of a guy spewing. <laughs> I didn't bring that. <laughs> but we get the idea, don't we? We can see that. We understand that. Have you ever taken something into your mouth and you just, oh, it was so repulsive. You had to spew it out of your mouth. Now, not very many things are like that, but some things are. Well, let us look at what the Lord said here to this church. Beginning in verse 14, Revelation chapter 3. I hope you've already turned there as we read this together. He says, To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, or neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spew you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness, and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Our Father, we thank you today for the reading of your word today. I pray that we might be able to understand greater depths of what you're telling us. Help us to not be a lukewarm church. Help us to be either cold or hot. That we might be available for 
you to use. And I pray that your blessings would be upon each one of the sound of my voice this morning. Be with those that couldn't be with us today. You know the hindering causes. And again, Father, thank you for loving us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Each one of you received a handout today as you came in. We're going to be looking at a recap of the ideas that are presented in these seven letters to these seven churches. This handout was made by Linda Archer. She went to a lot of trouble to produce this and make it available to us. She came by the house the other day to drop some information off to me and these sheets that I'm able to reproduce and hand out to you. And we want to tell her that we appreciate her for that hard work. I haven't said much about how these churches represent ages, periods of time. But they do. They, they correspond, if you will, the things that are in these churches correspond to different periods of time. And these are marked out on this handout, if you noticed here. In fact, it, it uh, uh, tells us as you look at these things, what years these particular churches represent. Beginning with Ephesus and going through Laodicea. I'm not going to take time this morning to go through these because you can read those for yourselves and, and uh, see them. But what I would like to do today is just for a moment think about the um, churches and what we've seen in each one of these, beginning with Ephesus, and you see we've gone all the way around clockwise <laughs> to Laodicea. And uh, as we've looked at Ephesus, We've seen hard work. These hate the practices of the Nicolaitans. But they needed to repent so that he wouldn't remove the lampstand out of its place. So they weren't perfect, were they? In fact, I don't think we could call any of these churches perfect but there are two of them that God didn't have anything bad to say against them. Smyrna, affliction, poverty, hurt by the Jews who are of the synagogue of Satan, if you remember. They would be tested for ten days. This is one of the churches that He didn't have anything negative to say against them. Then Pergamos. Or Pergamum, if you refer to that that way. Tested in the past, stood true, and we find that Antipas had been a martyr, but he had a few things against them. The teachings of Balaam 
and the Nicolaitans were among that congregation. And he asked them to repent. Thyatira. They were doing more now than what they did in the beginning at the first. But they tolerated Jezebel to teach among them. And then Sardis Sardis' reputation of being alive, but he said, you're dead. That's not a very good thing for God to say about a church, is it? <laughs> you claim to be alive? You look like you're alive to everybody that looks on you from the outside, but you're dead. And the thing that he asked them to do was to wake up. And then Philadelphia last week. An open door before them. They have a little strength. The Jews who are of the synagogue of Satan will fall down and at their feet. And again, this is another one of the churches where there's nothing negative. Now, as we come to Laodicea, this is the only congregation the Lord doesn't have anything good to say about. That's not too good, is it? This, by the way, this period of time represents on the chart the time from about 1900. So for more than 100 years now, this church is representative of that period of time. A lukewarm Christianity. Not anything good to think about. <clears throat> this particular church, believe it or not, they are seen and represented by things that were really happening in their day and time. Let's notice these things. Now, believe it or not, as far as we can tell Panama doesn't have any place known for bad water. Now Texas does. There's a place that's called bad water. <laughs> I don't think I want to live there, do you? In Australia, there are several places that are known for bad water. One of them, Adelaide, the capital of South Australia, is said to be a place where the water is so bad when cruise ships come into the port, they won't take on water. They won't refill their drinking water tanks. <laughs> That's kind of bad, isn't it? But, this was somewhat like Laodicea. The water wasn't too good. The Romans, one of the things they were known for is their moving water from one place to another. Their aqueducts and their plumbing. This is a picture of the aqueducts. You see, water was moved from one place to another 
across these, what we might call bridges. Moving it from one place to another so that it can flow. And as these aqueducts were built, they were able to bring water to more places in the Roman Empire and have population in places that population couldn't be prior to this. One of the places they brought water was Laodicea. Now, one of the places they got the water for Laodicea was a hot water spring. Well, you can imagine <laughs> the water wasn't very cool when it got to Laodicea. Now it cooled off. And even the water that came from other places, and that wasn't the only place they got water for Laodicea, but even water that would have been cool at the time that it went into the aqueduct, by the time it got to Laodicea, it wasn't cool anymore. So the water was lukewarm. We see why he made that reference to them. Because they didn't have any wells at all, any water at all, in the city of Laodicea. It all had to be piped in. All had to be brought in. And then another thing that we find in Laodicea is that they were able to bring that water all the way to their homes. Do you have the other slide that shows the pipes? I was surprised about this. Oh, that's a, you didn't put the one with the pipes on there. But they actually made pipes to bring water into the homes from the aqueduct and different size pipes to do that, just like we have today. I won't talk about the water supply here, but <laughs> it comes to my mind as I talk about this. But these pipes were made out of different material. Some of the material that they built these pipes out of was lead. Not a very good material for the pipes to be made out of, was it? Because lead poisoning that they didn't know about back then could be caused by these pipes as the water sat in these pipes and then they consumed it. But one thing good about the lead pipes, it was, a bend, it was bendable. It was flexible. Now we've got a material today that we make pipes out of that is similar. You ever used any copper tubing to do some plumbing in your home? And you can bend that. Not as easily as you can bend the lead, but you can bend it. And you can make it go where you want it to go. Well, anyway, that's uh, a little more than what we needed to know about that, wasn't it? But one of the things about the water here, it not only was lukewarm, but it had minerals in it that caused it to taste foul. I grew up in an area that not far from where I lived, were sulfur springs. And it smelt foul. <laughs> I've never drunk the water, by the way. 
Some people would come just to drink the water because they thought it was healthy. They thought it was something that was good for them. And it may have been. I don't know. Some people wanted to bathe in that sulfur water. Thought that was something good for them. I see some of you shaking your heads. Maybe you know about that. So, this water was something that caused people to want to spew it out of their mouths when they tasted it. And that's what the Lord says about this church, isn't it? That they were lukewarm. And I'm ready to spew you out of my mouth. Now another thing that this church claimed was that they were wealthy. This Laodicea city was famous for their banking and for fine wool, and for a medical school that specialized in two different areas, the ears and the eyes. And they had developed an eye cream that they said would help a person see who was going blind. So, The Lord used all of these things to talk about this church. As with the water, He said, you claim to be rich, but you're poor. The people famous for fine clothing, He said, you're naked. And the place renowned for eye medicine, we're blind. Do you see the analogies that Jesus was building on as He looked at this particular place and this church? Now what would He say about Hillside? What's the greatest insult to a retiree or to missionaries or mechanics or students? I tried to think of the different things that we were. (laughs) And most of us are retirees, aren't we? Now I can talk about what you did before you retired, but right now, my occupation is a retiree, I guess. (laughs) Besides being a preacher. But anyway, what would he say to us? Like a few weeks ago, as he looked at Sardis, We have another church here today that the reality, as God sees it, is not what they saw in themselves. They would not have said they were naked. They had fine clothing. They would have not said that they were poor because they considered themselves rich. They would not have considered themselves blind, would they? But one of the greatest insults he had was that they were lukewarm. 
Now notice what he says. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Jesus loves those he called wretched, poor, naked, blind, pitiful. That's what he said about this bunch of people, isn't it? Isn't that the words that he used to describe them? But then he says, I love you. Even with all their faults, even with all their problems, even with all of these negatives, God still loved them. And I know that as he looks at Hillside, he's saying, I love you. And whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. And then he went on to say, counseling them, buy from me. Buy from me the things that you need. Now notice, Philadelphia had an open door. Isn't that how Jesus described them? And here we find another door at Laodicea, and the door is not open. Did you notice that? And Jesus is standing at the door and knocking. And He's asking them to open the door. A lot of times this analogy is used of the Lord coming to an individual who is lost, who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and Him knocking at the door. I'm not saying that that analogy is necessarily wrong, but that's not what Jesus was talking about here to this church. He was talking about people He loved. He was talking about people who were members of that church. He wasn't saying that they were lost. He was saying that there's changes that are needed in your life. You need to turn from where you are and you need to do something else. That's repentance, isn't it? Isn't that what repentance is? It's a change. It's a turn. It's to cease doing what you were doing and change to do something else. And it seems that these Christians were only half-hearted in what they did. He said, I wish you were either hot or cold. Now a lot of times as preachers have preached on this particular subject, he simply thought that hot was all that was needed. You know, you need to be hot for the Lord. You need to be on fire for the Lord. You've heard that. Well, yes, that's true. But he didn't criticize the cold either. He said, I wish you were either hot or cold. The cold, as we think about those drinks a moment ago, and, and you wanting one of those drinks, if I had drinks on ice, everybody here would have probably said, yeah, I would like to have one. Now, I think most of you probably know we can't serve drinks here in this church. The government has specifically said you can't do that because of COVID-19. We can't even have the Lord's Supper because of that. 
and specifically stated in their restrictions is don't have the Lord's Supper. Now, our home church is celebrating the Lord's Supper today. Somebody asked me, when are we going to do that? I don't know when we can do that. Whenever they list the restrictions, we will. And I, I feel like that's a very special service. I, I, I feel like it's something that we're missing because we're not doing that, but we will. Just be patient and wait on the Lord. Isn't that one of the things He tells us as well? And He'll open the door for us to be able to do that. Now, another thing that I thought of as I was studying this, and we were thinking about being lukewarm, and you want to either cool it off or heat it up. Do you know the difference between a thermometer and a thermostat? Now, most of us don't have thermostats here. <laughs> On the wall, do we? You know, when you walk into a church building in, in many places in the world, one of the things you see is a box on the wall that's a thermostat. And sometimes you need heat, and sometimes you need cooling. And so you adjust the thermostat for what you need. Well, what's the difference between a thermostat and a thermometer? You got it. A thermometer simply tells you what the temperature is. It doesn't do anything, does it? But a thermostat, if it's doing what it's supposed to do, can change things. It can change it from being too hot. Or it can change it from being too cold. Now, are you a thermostat? Or are you a thermometer? Are you simply... Relating what things are around you? Or are you changing things? Now one of the things about a thermostat is that it has to be connected to the power in order for it to do its work. We have to be connected to the power that God gives us in order for us to change our world. Laodicea was lukewarm. They weren't changing things. God wants us to be a thermostat. He wants us to change things from the way they are. He wants us to be a witness to those around us. And so He was telling those in Laodicea, recognize your need. Open the door to Me. I'm knocking. And let Me come into you. And let me help you. God wants to help us in our Christian lives to be the kind of person that we need to be. Acknowledging our need. As we open that door, we need to be prepared for fire, don't we? Or maybe ice <laughs> to help us be the cool that we need to be. Open to change new clothes. Isn't that what He told them that they needed? That they might cover their nakedness? And then we need to be prepared to see. 
I think that's what's wrong with a lot of churches today. They don't see the needs around them. They don't see. And He wants us to buy that ass ISAG from Him to be able to see what we need to see. I want to give you today a second main challenge for 2021. A three. Trace. Not much of a challenge. I would like for you to decide to spend three minutes in prayer every day. Just three minutes. Ask the Lord to help you in whatever area you need help in. Think about yourself. Now, we pray for others. I know we do. We have a prayer list. We, we are concerned about the needs of others. We pray for them. This is a prayer for you to be able to have open eyes to see. To be able to have the clothing we need. To be able to have the witness before the world that we need to have for the Lord. For Jesus. It may be that you're already praying, and that's good. I would think that everybody here is praying already, right? But add three minutes to that prayer time. If you need to meet with a friend in order to keep you focused on that, that would be good. But it might be that as you brush your teeth of a morning, you could, you could use that for your prayer time for yourself. Or... Maybe when you're putting on your shoes. I don't know. But sometime, and I would encourage you to do it in the morning, sometime in the day, make a time for you three minutes to pray for yourself. And as you start with those three minutes to pray for yourself, every day, Focusing earnestly on the Lord. God can help us be a greater witness as we go out the door. Not just necessarily the church door, as we go out the door at our homes. And pray that the Lord might take the time that we have and that we're making available to Him that we might be a greater witness for Him, where we are, than what we've been in the past. Let's end this with prayer. Oh, another thing that I was going to say. You may want to just start with reciting the Lord's Prayer. That's, that's a prayer that has a focus. Notice the thing in things in the Lord's Prayer that He's focusing on. And try to model that. Try to use that in your life. Let us pray. Father, we thank You today for an opportunity to understand more about You and what You want from our church. Thank You for the example of the Laodicean church. I know as we look at it today, we say, well, that's not a very good example. But we need the bad examples <clears throat> 
to see the good things that are needed. Help us to <coughs> take the time to really focus on you and on the needs that we have in our own individual lives and that we can really be effective in influencing others to come closer to you or to know you as their personal Savior. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm. This morning as we close our service, we're going to have what a friend we have in Jesus. A very good closing hymn for this message. And let us stand together and sing. And if there are those that feel like they need to come forward and make a decision, would you do that? Maybe you need to call me if you're listening to the podcast. What a friend we have in Jesus All our sins and griefs to bear What a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer Oh, what peace we often forfeit Oh, what needless pain we we do not carry everything to God in prayer heavy trials and temptations is there trouble anywhere we should never be discouraged take it to the Lord in prayer can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrow share Jesus knows our every To the Lord in prayer Are we weak and heavy laden Covered with a load of care Precious Savior still our refuge Take it to the Lord in Friends despise, forsake you. Take it to the Lord in prayer. In His arms He'll take and shield you. We will find a solace there. And you will find a. So lays there
Bob Wurzel, would you come and lead us in our closing prayer, please? By the way, I noticed the rainbow. God will never destroy the world with a flood again. Right? I, we need to remember that. All right, Bob. We thank you, Father God, for this day and all you've put in it to us, for us. Father God, you've put so much. We've got to hear your word today. Uh, we've got a beautiful day outside. We've got all this nature that you built for us, that you made for our pleasure. That's all around us that we can enjoy, Father God. Father, help us to remember when we look at these mountains and look at all these things that we're surrounded with, that remember that they're all gifts from you, Father God, and that you put them there for our pleasure, Father, and that uh, you're, you're, you love us so much, Father God, that you've got your hand on us, and you're just so good. You've been so good to us. And Father, help us to remember to tell you that all the time, every time we see that. Even the slightest thing, Father, just help us to remember you and everything, Father. And help us to share that with everyone we meet. Maybe even if we say, thank you, Father God, when, we, when something happens, and it may get someone's attention, they may ask us, who is this Father God? Uh, Father, I pray for these opportunities every day. Father, I pray each of us go home safely and uh, just that we're all blessed as we are continually blessed. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Thank you, and God bless.